Happy holidays, everyone, and welcome to the Christmas Movie Countdown here at Allentown Presents. I'm your host, Katie, and I am joined by Otis. Yellow. And we will be reviewing a new Christmas movie every night from December 1st to Christmas. So sit back and enjoy episode 20, Who Killed Santa? A Murderville Murder Mystery. <laughs> Usually, we review movies here, and this is the thing we do, but... We are branching out, and I think this next upcoming year, I think a couple of the months and genres will be, might be TV-based, and along with the episode tonight. So, we said Murderville for the uninitiated. That is a TV series from Netflix, and unfortunately, it's not an original idea by the people from Netflix. It is based on a BBC Three television series called Murder in Successville. And like I said, for the uninitiated, every episode has a guest star that plays the role of a rookie detective. And they have to figure out who the killer in their episode is. But the magic thing is, they are not given a script before. And so every scene, every line, every moment in the episode, the guest star has to improvise their way through it which the better silly and i don't know quick you are some very funny lines pop out so there are some people there that know everything and know the lines will arnett is the main character and he knows his lines but it seems like he kind of improvs too with them yeah he plays off of the guest stars but he knows where the story has to go he is in charge He's leading the push of the story along, trying to get the guest stars to figure out where they're supposed to go next. Yeah, uh, this is this is fun. I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna tell ask Katie what she thought about it in a second, but it, it it's a fun one. They have six episodes, and what we watched was the Christmas special that came out on the fifteenth. So, Katie, what did you think about Murderville? <laughs> Who killed Santa? Yeah, Who killed Santa? Murderville murder mystery. Uh, I thought this was fucking hilarious. This is probably the funniest Christmas thing that I have watched in a long time. And it's not necessarily funny because it was Christmas themed, but it was funny because of just the wild ass shit that is happening in this show. Like the premise of this show is wild as hell. And it's hilarious to see a bunch of famous comedians playing off each other with no fucking script and no idea what they're supposed to do or where they're supposed to push the story to and watching freaking will arnett try to hold it together (laughs) while the other two or three or four people around him are just losing it acting wild as hell is just hilarious what about you? I thought this was amazing. It's funny. When it first started, like, uh, with Whose Line Is It Anyway, it took me a little bit to get into it, because improv is a very odd type of comedy. You have to be just right at it for it to be funny. Because anybody, if Katie put, like, a giant leaf in my face and then, like, a cup, you know, I could make an elephant or something. Is it going to be funny, you know? So you have to just know what works. And with a show like this, I don't know if they're specifically picking people that are good at this or they just pick funny people. It seems like their set list for the first season was fucking awesome and they picked really funny people. So, Well, I think it's it's tricky because like you, you say that, yes, and they were funny, but 
I don't think of Marshawn Lynch as being like a hilarious, <laughs> a hilarious comedian who can like go toe to toe with Will Arnett in an improv situation that this show is. Yeah. But he made it work. Yeah. Like, so it doesn't have to always be someone super funny. It just, you got to be able to deal with Will Arnett. Yeah. And, and the shenanigans. And with the show like this, Will Arnett, he's playing a straight man in this, kind of. He has yes. moments where he's funny, but he's playing a straight man. So all of these guest stars, they're like the Chris Farley of this whole situation. And it's funny, at some points, they get forced to be the Chris Farley. And, you know, they do, they do amazing at it. But it was really, really funny. And I cannot wait for season two of Murderville just to see the next set of people that they pick to just be stupid for a while. It was really good. And I hope they do another Christmas one next year. It was fucking amazing. So we will get through this story. It is 45, 50 minutes. 52 minutes. Yeah, 52 minutes long. Nothing crazy. It's the length of two episodes. Murderville's 26 episodes. I mean, minutes long. Minutes, so yeah. nothing crazy. But yeah, we'll get through this story real quick. Uh, I can tell you right now that me and Katie are not going to give it the just do the the magic that it deserves. Absolutely not. You need to go watch this because it is so fucking wild. And there's so many just like absurd things happening in the background and happening between the players that like us retelling it is not at all going to do it justice. Please go watch this and then listen to us talk about it. (laughs) So you understand what the fuck we're talking about. Yeah. So we start with Terry Seattle, and no, he hasn't been there. It's just a running joke he does, but he is a detective. He seems to be probably one of the best detectives, homicide detectives they have on the force. And it's Christmas time, and he hates Christmas. Christmas fucking sucks for him. Well, because he's going through a divorce. Her name is Rhonda, and she is his captain at the police station. And so he is accepting that he's gonna have a shitty christmas and he's gonna sit down and watch die hard but just the cool parts and that's what the vhs said on the side of it but his captain Rhonda calls him and tells him that there is a meet and greet a santa meet and greet at city hall and he is tasked to provide security and then like every episode he is getting a new partner and so just a running thing every episode terry does not want a partner because his partner was Jennifer Aniston and 15 years ago she died and he's like I don't need another partner so it's that typical buddy cop thing the old cop's like I don't need a partner I don't need him so every episode he's like god damn it you know he gets a new partner and in walks Jason Bateman and so he's talking to Jason Bateman and he's like have you done security before he's like do you you know can you make a place safe do you feel where the danger is and he's like "Uh, I don't feel any danger and then the door kicks open, and a man with a chainsaw and a hockey mask runs in, and, and Jason Bateman's like, what the fuck? And we see it's Marshawn Lynch. And Terry's like, this is Marshawn Lynch, like my favorite trainee ever. <laughs> and then Marshawn Lynch is there, and he's like, oh shit, it's the dude from Ozark. <laughs> and Jason Bateman's like, hi. And Marshawn Lynch just walks to the other room and sits down to, I don't know, eat or do something. Yeah, he was just raiding the fridge. Yeah, and he's like, well, let's go. So they meet up at the Santa meet and greet at City Hall, and they meet up with the mayor, and so they have Santa Claus, and he is going to say hi to the orphans, and then pass out presents, I guess late at night, or... No, in the morning. In the morning? They're they're collecting presents at this thing, 
at this meet and greet, and then they're taking all the presents to the orphans in the morning. Okay, gotcha. Don't forget, Jason Bateman is now dressed up like an elf. Yes. <laughs> because they were short an elf, so he is going to be security slash Santa's helper dressed like an elf. <laughs> Detective trainee. Oh my god. So, like I said, there are multiple little tiny jokes. Terry is a little salty that the orphans get noise-canceling headphones, and he doesn't. And he's like, man, I wish my parents died. I could have been orphaned. I could have got these, you know, noise-canceling headphones. He actually gets Jason to steal them, and he puts it in his, like, vest. vest. And then as Jason is doing his elf dance in front of the mayor, the headphones pop out, and he kind of kicks them away. And he's like, ah, I didn't do that. (laughs) So they meet up with Santa Claus, and as they are providing security, the lights click off. And they hear the jingling of bells, and then someone yell in pain. The lights come back on. Santa Claus has been impaled by a gigantic candy cane. (laughs) So, as they check the body, they see that, oh shit, it's Sean Hayes, right? Yeah, Sean Hayes. So, from... Will and Grace. Thank you. I was going to say me, myself, and Irene, but that ain't it. So, Will and Grace, and so he is playing a dead body, and they keep messing with him, and he just starts smiling, and Terry tells Jason to give him mouth-to-mouth, because he might be still alive, and he, and he's like, okay, and so he's, like, moving his mouth towards Sh- Sean Hayes mouth. keeps, like, rolling away. Yeah, he keeps moving away. <laughs> Santa just keeps rolling away he's to like, avoid it. Yeah, Terry's like, oh, the body's moving, he must be alive. <laughs> but, finally, Santa Claus dies. And they find out that it was quarterback Johnny Blaze, and he was a Hall of Famer, and he was going to pass out presents to the orphans and throw a football over the orphanage, because that's cool, I guess. <laughs> you know? So, now they have a case, and they got to find out who the killer is. And just like a lot of cool murder mysteries, everybody that's there is a suspect, and they have to shut this bitch down. The mayor tells Terry and trainee Jason that they have seven hours? I think it was seven hours and four minutes when they started. And he's like, wow, that's oddly specific. Actually, seven hours and 14 minutes. Yeah. And they have to start interrogating people. And we see, what was her name? Angie? Yes, Angie. She was up front and she was um, in charge of the presence for the orphans. And she's freaking out, hyperventilating. And so Jason, being an actor before he wanted to become a detective plays her cat and he's like licking his hands and rubbing all on her and then they put a saucer of almond milk on the ground and jason bateman is licking the milk from the the plate on the ground it's an absolute mess will arnett just keeps like smiling and he in how he hides it he starts like combing his mustache his mustache like straightening it up it this it's wild stuff and Jason Bateman not knowing anything because he doesn't have a script he doesn't know so he's like okay I'm a cat I guess and he just starts doing it it's stupid funny man it, it's very funny shit so Terry and Jason they are tasked by Mayor Palmer to find out who killed Santa and they meet up with their first potential murderer Jim Trentley he so he's a sportscaster and <laughs> Jim is drunk. And he's been drinking up peppermint schnapps the whole night. So they... Interview him. Yeah. And so Jim wants to do like a legit sports interview. Like a locker room interview. Yeah. So the sports person is just getting out of the shower. 
And so he has a towel and he's talking to the guys. And he takes the towel off and he's completely naked and he's doing stretches. <laughs> While answering their questions. And Terry is just like, his face is just off to the side and he's just like holding his mustache. And so we find out from Jim that he owed Johnny Blaze $9 million because he's really bad at golf. He's absolutely horrible. And probably other financial situations that that money came from. Yeah, but they kept making bets. Yes. And he kept losing. And so we have some type of probable cause. It's like, well. Motive. You know, I owed that guy $9 million. Oh, he's dead? Right on. Cool. Now I don't owe him $9 million anymore. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) So. Everything's coming up Millhouse. Right? So as they meet back up with the mayor, the mayor is like, what are you guys doing? Have you found a killer yet? It's like, no, we. We had to waste a little time trying to get Jim to put clothes back on. So the mayor's like, you know, it doesn't seem like you guys are moving fast enough. So I brought in another assistant. (laughs) And so Maya Rudolph comes in. And it's not that they caught Maya Rudolph up to to the situation. She knows nothing. And I thought they would at least tell her to that point what was happening. No. No, she knows nothing. And so Jason Bateman spends 20 seconds trying to speed inform her about what the fuck is happening. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then... So now she's caught up. Yeah, kind of. Ish. And, and so they head off to interrogate Johnny's assistant, Mia. And from Mia, we learned that she signed an ironclad NDA, so she can't talk about anything with Johnny Blaze. And so a combination of good cop, bad cop, French cop, Italian cop, British cop. Robot cop. Oh, there was another combination somewhere in there. I don't know. The robot was going to punch her in the face. Mm -hmm. They break down Mia, and she finally starts talking. And so we learn that Johnny didn't, like, know her name or didn't give that much of a fucking care. So he put his name on a name tag on her chest. And so he just, like, he just called me Johnny because it was easier for him to just... Mm-hmm. Just say that. And then every five minutes she has to spray a mint breath freshener into her mouth because Johnny said her mouth smelled like, what was it, uh, gonorrhea and something, like a trash can? Yeah. Something a bad. A trash can full of gonorrhea. So once again, we have some probable cause. That's how murder mysteries work. Everybody's got a little bit of a reason. Oh, did that, we, did we mention sense. the murder weapon? Yes. So the... Candy cane that actually stabbed Johnny Blaze wasn't a fake candy cane sharpened. It was a real candy cane. And the like only a giant one. Yeah. And the only way you could get a sharp point like that is to lick it. So the killer is probably someone that enjoys mint. mint. And so the first two people we've seen enjoy mint. Well, to an extent. Because Mia sprays it every five minutes. I guess you probably She likes are it. fine with it at that point. She likes it. Yeah. So after that, they meet back up, and once again, they don't have all the points to this story, and they're running out of time. And so, at this point, the orphans, they want to see Santa Claus. So, they pick up Sean Hayes' body, put it into a chair, tape his arms to, like, using broomsticks. broomsticks, and Maya and Jason both control his mouth, and the other person talks, and they actually have kids sit into Santa Claus's dead lap and they talk about presents, they talk about wishes, 
and he gives out chocolate at the end and the hand just knocks over the candy and the kids run up and grab the candy it's an absolute mess it's fucking funny it is so chaotic and hilarious yeah it is like weekend at bernie's but so much worse (laughs) so at this point and usually in every episode there's a point where the guest star has to go undercover and they put a mic in their ear and so at this point terry can just have them say really dumb stuff mm-hmm. while he's off somewhere else so being that this is a christmas episode and it's in a building and you know terry loves die hard he strips down to like a wife beater and pants takes his shoes off tapes his phone to his back and he goes into the vents so he can talk for the two <laughs> it's his hiding spot so no one would find him while he's like just lurking on that same floor yeah <laughs> so maya and jason they go undercover to interrogate donna and so she's an investor mad at johnny for backing out of a deal maya goes in as a bulgarian basketball player and jason goes in as her what sports manager manager that is canadian and they're actually pretty dang good at accents i mean they say they, they say absurd things yeah but they're actually pretty good at accents and it was really fucking funny and during this interview we find out that donna she doesn't like mints she got she, she gets a mint yeah <laughs> oh like the bread yeah, yeah exactly, exactly like, like the bread, like the bread. <laughs> and she hates mint juleps but she has really good reason because her and johnny were gonna open up a barbecue place and then johnny backs out and makes his own barbecue place to compete against her place like a dick would so it looks like johnny was kind of an asshole so once again a person that has pretty good reason to want to see him dead we also find out that the moment the lights went out when johnny got stabbed it's absolutely impossible for one person to do it so the killer had an accomplice so someone clicked the lights off as the killer stabs johnny in the chest so i don't understand why (laughs) But at this point in the episode, we're getting close to the end. So they got to... down to like less than an hour before they have to yeah. give the presents to the orphans. And towards the end of the episode, Terry brings in all the... Evidence. Possible people. And then the guest has to choose. But at this point, another homicide trainee comes in. The mayor's upset that this case isn't solved yet. Yeah. So Pete Davidson comes in. And Pete knows nothing, just like Maya did. But Maya at least has 35 to 40 minutes of more info to work with. Pete knows nothing. And so they give him 15 seconds of just speeding up of things. Yeah. And it's funny. They say a couple of things about, uh, like, Mia. They're like, oh, Mia, she likes mint. And the killer was looking on the peppermint. He's like, oh, it's her. He just goes with his gut instantly and says things. But then... They all get in line, and they all decide who the killer is. So, (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Maya, she says that the mayor is the killer. And like I said, all these people are actors. They're trying their best to stay serious with this. But everybody just starts, like, holding their lips all funny, and they're moving away. Yeah. Will Arnett's like, Jesus Christ, why did you say That wasn't even one of the options. Yeah. And then... Jason says, fuck this noise. I'm going to make even worse guess. Jason says that Johnny Blaze killed himself. (laughs) And 
Terry says there were no signs that it was suicide, Jason. That's physically impossible. <laughs> so he just stabbed himself. He's like, no, he stabbed himself with the candy cane. And then Pete being there for like three minutes is like, oh, it's probably Mia. He's like, I think it's her. But I'm going to be an asshole about this. And he says that Terry is the killer. The main character of the show is the killer. And Will Arnett's face, he's just he's like, what the fuck is happening? It's so funny. And Maya Rudolph has been laughing the whole episode yeah. and saying funny stuff. Yeah. Jason probably kept it the best. Oh, he was definitely the most straight. It yeah. was weird. I wasn't expecting him to keep it straight yeah. of, of, of the three of them. And Pete Davidson walked in giggling. So oh, he, was, absolutely. he was already just ruined. Yeah. And, and so Terry, learning that no one's going to actually say any of the possible killers, Terry figures out, quotation mark, figures out the killer. So they probably have some no, like... No, no, no. He says, well, if anyone wants to confess to the murder, yeah. like, now would be a good time to do it. <laughs> yes. And so Jim, the first guy, which I thought it was... He says, yeah, I did it. And he goes through it. And at this point, Terry's like, oh, because of this and this. And so Terry brings up all the clues. So all through the episode, everyone's name tag was smeared, which means a left-handed person wrote the names on there. Because unfortunately for left-handed people, if you're using ink, that shit sucks. Mm -hmm. As I've learned, actually, probably with a normal pencil, it would suck too. It would smear a little bit. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. So it sucks being left-handed when you write things. Everyone's name tag throughout the episode was smeared, except Jim's. And Santa Claus, as he got stabbed, he grabbed someone's name tag, the killer's name tag, but the name was smeared to the point where they couldn't even figure it out. So Terry's like, oh, your name tag was clean, and there was no smear on it. So that's a fresh name tag. And he's like, oh, and so he's going through everything. He's like, oh, you were drinking peppermint schnapps all night. So you probably fucking cool with licking a gigantic candy cane into a, a knifey point. That would have taken like seven years. Absolutely. And then the whole money thing. And so he's like, yeah, it's obvious that you're the killer. And then he sits for a little bit and Terry's like, oh, I know you're an accomplice. And so you needed someone with fast hands. And he was talking about some lady he was with with fast hands. It's Angie, the, the lady that was having a panic attack and needed Jason Bateman the cat. And <laughs> she gets snatched up and they're like, oh, open shut case. It looks like we did it. And as Angie is leaving the room, Angie says, I left you a present. And when you open it, everything's going to go boom. They're like, oh, my God. And this is probably the best part of the whole episode to me. They open the box and it's a bomb and it's got 59 seconds left on it. Pete Davidson just grabs the cords out of the bomb instantly. <laughs> and everybody's like, no, ah! and, you know, they have to kind of reset the scene because <laughs> he can't just rip the cords out. So they have to decide on a color. And I guess he clicked the green one. It didn't look like he clicked blue. They they said blue, but when he clicked it, I don't think he clicked. It doesn't matter. It wasn't going to blow up either way. So, But Pete Davidson, it's up to Pete. Because he's, I don't know. I don't know what the, the reason one. was. Who knows? But he clicks a wire. Hooray, the bomb didn't go off. <laughs> the day is saved. And so Terry, with, what, 15 minutes until sunup, because that's when kids wake up for Christmas. Actually, yes, it is. Terry hops into his, I forgot what type of car it is, hmm. some 82 Dodge something. 
and he hops into it and in the Santa suit. Yes, that has blood on it, <laughs> which absolutely would not be used. Well, it's open. It's the case is shut. So, so he goes to the orphanage and passes the presents out to the kids. Hooray! And then he finds one more present in the trunk of the car. It's to Terry from Santa, and he's like, "Holy shit! Santa's really got me a present." He opens it. It's the noise canceling headphones that he wanted at the beginning of the episode. He puts them on, and he's like, "Holy shit!" I'm so pumped. Unfortunately, there was another orphan, the same orphan earlier, that wished for... A family. Yeah, a mom and a dad, and I guess headphones. And the orphanage, like the lady that runs it, she's like, no, Terry, that's not for you. It's for orphan Terry. And But he has the headphones, and he's like, you can't hear shit with these on. As he drives away. <laughs> this episode was awesome. It was an absolute mess. So, Katie, who's your favorite character in... Murderville, the Christmas, the, who killed Santa? <laughs> that would be Johnny Blaze, Santa. Sean Hayes had n- not a single line in this entire film. He just laid there and smiled because of the wild ass shit that was happening around him and rolled away from Jason Bateman, who was trying to give him mouth to mouth and let Jason and Maya like dick with his chin to make it look like he was talking and let them tape fucking brooms to his arms that shit was the funniest thing he wins for me yeah (laughs) what about you with with things like this everybody's really fucking funny i i everybody made me smile everybody made me smile in this but i'm just gonna go with the trainees it's hard i could say terry that's the that's the easiest layup ever but i'm gonna go with the trainees like Maya, Jason, and Pete Davidson. You only get like five minutes of Pete Davidson in this, and I was fucking laughing. It was probably the hardest laugh that I had for this whole episode. <laughs> he grabs at the fucking bomb. He just said, fuck it. It is <laughs> it's so like, funny. Like the coroner was explaining the bomb, and he just grabbed at the cords. He just he said, said, fuck it. He just said, fuck it. Uh, but yeah, the trainees, all of them were funny. And honestly, in the episodes, usually the trainees are the best part because they're the only part that's different every episode. Well, the the case is different, but it's the same steps, you know. But the guest is what makes it special. So the three of them were fucking amazing. This is it was it was hilarious. And honestly, Santa's a guest too. So yeah, with Katie's answer. So who is your least favorite character in this episode, Katie? Uh, Angie, the screaming girlfriend. <laughs> Um, I liked the the stuff that had to happen to calm her down. Like the cat scene with Jason Bateman is just hilarious. Peak funny. But she was obnoxious and her screams were annoying. I get that that was her character, but it was annoying to me. What about you? The one problem with procedural shows, cop dramas and stuff, it's the people that are getting interviewed and they're like, I, I, I don't know anything. And then you have to wear them down and all that stuff. It, like, you know, like I said, it, that part is, it's part of the whole situation, but that's always been a person that I absolutely hate that you have to interrogate them and wear them down. And no, you didn't like Mia? Yeah, but in no real world could someone yell at me for 10 minutes and make me say, yeah, I killed Bella and I'll do it again. No one could do that to me. It's just like, what, a few good men where, uh, you know, Tom Cruise is like, you I want the truth. truth. And Jack Nichols is like, you can't handle the truth. And he's like, Oh, so you ordered the hit? He's like, you're goddamn right I did. And I'm like, he just 
outed himself that he did a bad thing. No one could get you pissed enough to say that kind of thing out loud. But I guess it happens all the time. I know. I know. But yeah, that's always such a silly thing to do. But that's the biggest problem. A trope in cop dramas is my least favorite character. So, you know, what are you going to (laughs) do? So let's do seven word synopsis. I only have one, but it's based off my favorite scene in this episode. Pete Davidson grabbed all the fucking wires. I, it's, the second he started reaching, I was like, oh my God, he's grabbing them all. <laughs> he just, no cutting. He just, I'm pulling it straight from the C4. Fuck it. I laughed so hard. It was amazing. Katie? Ace makes rookies solve murder using improv. Yeah. And then Pete Davidson is made of pure chaos. Yeah. <laughs> He came in and was just, there's no other word for it. He was just straight chaotic the whole fucking time that he was there. It was only like five minutes, but every single thing that he did on screen was just like, really, that's where you're going. And to watch fucking Will Arnett try and bounce things like off of Pete or deflect away from whatever train wreck Pete was headed towards was just hilarious. Yeah, it, it's it's fucking fun. So, obviously, there's no budget or box office. The reviews for this show are really good. People enjoy it. Sure, there are naysayers out there that, like, I mean, the British one's better. And this one's just a shitty facsimile. Or, a, you know, a copy, a shitty clone of the original. Kinda. I don't think it's shitty, but it is a clone of the original. But. Yeah, but that's like people who say the same thing about The Office. Like, yeah. Who don't like the American version of The Office because it's a copy of the British version of The Office. Except it's not really. Yeah. like. At a certain point, they diverged and they're yeah, absolutely different. For sure. And the American one is actually funny. Yeah, so. probably that first season, they probably tried to stay close. But then they were Which like... Which is why the first season of The Office is a lot of people's least favorite yeah. season. Because Michael was like trying to be Ricky Gervais and it was not... Yeah, and then they realized like, oh, we, got, we have to oh, make this Oh, we have Steve Carell. Why yeah. are we wasting our time trying to be Ricky Gervais? Yeah, he's like, we have to make it American. Just like with this show. They had to make it American. And it is fucking funny. Yeah. The the biggest difference from the British version and the American version is that the British version, it's a town and every person in the town is just a famous British person. And so that's the whole thing. So all the people getting interrogated, the murderers, every episode is just famous people just either being evil, being victims or being like innocent. And so, you know, that'd be awesome if they could do this in this show. But that's a lot of money and a lot of effort to have everybody be famous. Yeah. That'd be crazy to do. But like I said, I really liked it. And, mm-hmm. you know, hey, if you got a good idea, fuck it, man. Let's make another one. Even though sometimes I hate that. <laughs> I've seen shitty American versions of movies. And I'm like, oh, why'd you do that? So uh, do you have anything else to say about this awesome show called Murderville? I'm really excited to watch the rest of Murderville. We only watched the first episode and then this Who Killed Santa, Murderville Murder Mystery. And I'm eager to watch the rest of them. I think the Marshawn Lynch one is going to be really fucking funny. I'm excited to see uh, Kumail Nanjiani's episode. I think it's going to be fantastic. I can't wait. Okay. So if you have questions, comments, or suggestions on what we should watch next, you can hit us up on Twitter at AllentownPod, on Facebook at Allentown Presents, or send us an email at AllentownPresents at gmail.com. 
Thank you so much for listening to episode 20 of our annual Christmas movie countdown. We'll be back again tomorrow with another Christmas movie. Bye. See you guys.